Hi, this is Bobby Corella. Skin Wade is my best friend in the whole wide world, and you are listening to Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. You are listening to The Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio, 97.1 The Freak, Dallas Mavs YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, and elsewhere. Wherever you are, whether you're in Dallas, whether you're stuck in traffic on 75 or 635 or 35 or 121 or any other numbered highway, or whether you're on the other side of the world just kicking it with your family and your friends, your loved ones, I hope you're having a great weekend, fantastic day, and I hope that over the next two hours, it's going to get even better. I'm Bobby Corella, coming to you live from Studio 41 in Dallas, Texas. Today, there's a cat-sized hole in our hearts but joining me as he is wont to do, the great Isaac Harris. I'm uh, really sad right now because uh, there's just a blank hole in our hearts right now with Kat not here. She's in the booth today. But, you know, I, I became a soccer, a youth soccer dad last weekend. So as okay. you're listening to this on a Saturday, it's game two. I didn't grow up playing soccer. I even tweeted out it and it never fails. There's people like, oh, this isn't soccer. It's football. I'm like, hey, I, I I get it. Like, it's it's football. I grew up calling it soccer, but like, football is the you know correct term. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, who really cares? <laughs> I don't think anybody should care. <laughs> um, but becoming a just watching your kid play a youth sport, I'm gonna have so much content because youth youth sport parents are undefeated. Do you think? I mean, how many times? It's only been one game, but how many times did you get into a fist fight with a referee? Like three, well, four. considering the referees were younger than I am and looked like they just woke up and they're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, let me just go play Pokemon after this. Um, let them just live and let live, <laughs> you know? Uh, but no, just the different type of parents in youth sports are, it's just unbelievable. The, mm. There's one there's one side of the spectrum that's just parents that are on their phone the whole time that would have no clue what their kid's doing. There's another, you know, side of the parents that are screaming. They brought cones to do, you know, like drills before the game. I'm like, dude, our kid is three. Like, what? Yeah. I don't even, you have more cones than the years he's been alive. So, um, anyway, it's just a whole new world. And yeah, new title. I'm not sure when, like, when I started to understand the concept and sort of like practicability of cone drills. (laughs) Like, when you're like seven or eight, I mean, when I was three, I guess it would be like, go touch that and then run back. Like, but like, what is that doing? Is that really going to make you more agile? No, not at all. And we told him, hey, if you play, you get ice cream. My daughter ran out there on the field for like five seconds, ran off, and she's like, I get ice cream. Dude, that is a, that's a queen move. <laughs> that is a queen move. Let's go. All right, Isaac, let's dive right into the hot topics here. Let's do it. On hot Studio topic. 41 Radio. Well, what? really, it's the corner three. Sort of like underneath the Studio 41 umbrella. We can die. We, we'll handle the semantics later. We're not sponsored by Hot Topic. so Correct. If they want to sponsor us. If you are aware of what that store is, <laughs> comment below. So the Mavs played the other day in New Orleans. They end up losing the game 113-106. Now, we don't need to, we don't need to give you like the game breakdown or the play-by-play. There's a couple key notes from that game, though, that are going to be potentially looming large over the next uh, who knows how long. Um, number one, Luka Doncic left the game in the third quarter, uh, clearly had been favoring the left leg and, uh, the Mavs call it a left thigh strain. Now Woj 
on Thursday afternoon, tweeted the following, quote, Luka Doncic's MRI on his thigh is clean, and he's expected to return as soon as discomfort allows him, comma, source tells ESPN. Now, I'm assuming by clean, he means, like, healthy and not, like, it was real, like, good. Like, it was just a real sharp, like, <laughs> just super tight MRI. Um, now, as soon as discomfort allows him, leaves a little wiggle room. Now, by the time you're listening to this, we might know his status. Maybe he is going to play, or maybe he's definitely not going to play against the Grizzlies. But, Isaac, it's pretty clear that Luca was not only gingerly sort of favoring his left eye in that game, but it, this has been kind of a, a, a looming issue for at least a week. Yeah, and his postgame com- you know, comments made me worried because it feels like, you know, Luca is grabbing an elbow or something every other game, and he's just fine. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the boy who cried wolf of, all right, at some point you're probably going to be hurt, but I'm just never going to believe you. And, you know, at postgame he's like, yeah, I mean, he was pretty honest about it, it bothering him. So then I got worried, and I was like, oh, no. But this was great news, and it obviously, like you said, obviously has been hampering him for a while. And now the just question is, how long, you know, how long is he going to be out? Is he going to be out <clears throat> one game, couple games, a week, zero games, <laughs> zero I mean, games? Knows? I don't know. And that's the hard part about it because, you know, if they were, you know, uh, the Kings or if they were the Grizzlies, they were up at the top of the Western Conference, you know, second or third. You're like, all right, I think we ha- we can kind of play with fire a little bit with a couple of games, even just be even more you know, cautious with him. But you look at where they're at in the standings right now. They're eighth in the West. They're right there in the play-in. I mean, they're a couple, you know, what, a game and a half from being – or two games out from being out of the play-in. So I like to frame it as they're only three games out of fifth, okay? <laughs> or they're three games out of fifth. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, they don't have a lot of wiggle room to say, you know what, Luca, let's just take a couple weeks off type of thing. Mm. So that's the tough spot they're in right now this late in the season. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the MRI is, quote, clean, you know, yeah. uh, and fresh as well, means that there's no, like, serious significant damage or anything, right? They're, they're calling it a thigh strain. I'm not going to claim to, one, be an expert on strains, Two, be an expert on thighs, okay? Have you ever injured your thigh playing basketball? Well, I've, t- like, taken knees to, you okay. know what I mean? Like, uh, like Charlie Horse kind of, like, ah, sort of things. But yeah. never, like, a, like it feels like I've, like, pulled that muscle or anything. Mm. Hamstring, maybe, but thigh, because thighs in front, right? Yeah. Can I be that guy that says, hey, I've had this injury before, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, well, back a few do months. Tell. No, back a few months ago, I did do something to my thigh, and I've never had an injury like that because I've, you know, had like a hamstring or whatever, and I was playing basketball. Dude, I, can't, I couldn't plant for nothing. Like, really? I was just, I mean, not that I'm sitting there trying to touch backboard all the time, but yeah. <laughs> I, I just couldn't like, it just affected everything just trying to take off. So I'm like, hey, just put me in the corner and let me just shoot. Interesting. Because, I mean, you th- you always think of, like, any time runners get hurt, they're hurting their calf or their uh, hamstring, which is, like, on the backside of your leg. If you think about, like, if you're planning, it's, like, those are the muscles that are really tensed up. But your thigh yeah. also is doing a yeah. lot of work. And especially for Luca, who's not only planting to, like, rise and shoot, but also all the crossovers and change of directions and stuff. Like, he basically described it as any time he, like, wants to burst anytime he wants to like propel himself in any direction whether that's forward backward side to side it bothers him which is but, basically only when he has the ball yeah which is often <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and uh you could tell because it, not not only in the pelicans game but 
in the several games before that, he just was not able to like get in the lane. Like his drives have been down. Um, his scoring has rel- pretty much been unaffected. You know, his shooting numbers have taken a, a dip in the last few games. But where you really notice it is just his speed, his burst, and then also just his, for lack of a better word, just like the amount that of distance that he moves on defense. Like he really has been like the, the, almost the, a standstill player on defense yeah, because he just can't. Outs. Yeah, he can't yeah. move. Yeah. You know, and so it's on the one hand, the fact that the MRI is clean is good because it does mean that you know. Uh, nothing is torn. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, uh, if it is going to be a significant source of discomfort and everything, and it's going to prevent him from doing what he does, which is drive the lane and then at least like be able to cover some ground on defense, then you might think like, man, maybe he should miss some games. But like you just said, you spelled it out. They can't. They can't afford that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I is seventy percent of Luca better than waiting two games for him to get to hundred percent? Like these are the kind of qu- conversations that it's cool to have in November. Yeah. But like, there's like three weeks left in the season. It sucks. And, and the next two games are against the Grizzlies. You know, as you're listening to this, you know they play the Grizzlies tonight uh, in, in Memphis, and then you know the Grizzlies come to Dallas on Monday. Um, you know, you got the Spurs on Wednesday, so don't really care about that one. But the Grizzlies are ahead of you in the standings. We know everything, you know, that is going on with the Grizzlies and stuff right now. But despite all the stuff with the Grizzlies, they're going to be locked and loaded. They're going to have, you know, they're going to be lasered in on Dallas, you know, for these two games. And you got to win them if you're Dallas. Like, not you have to, but it would be nice if you could. Yeah, it would be very nice. I mean, especially the game in Dallas. Road games are going to be tough for everybody, but you got to win the home games. You know, you have to win the home games. Um, Luca comes back on Monday and gets a tech and, he has to set out for the Spurs game. That was another thing too, man. He's up to fifteen. <laughs> it feels like he's gotten one like three or four games in a row. He's like, like listen, it, I need a rest day, so just put me in a game so I can get another tech, and then I'm gonna. Be- yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> it would be a good game to like if if we're talking what's the best game to miss. Spurs That's maybe the, the one. Yeah, Spurs maybe the one. Um, okay, so let's let's look ahead a little bit, uh, or do you want to look backward first? What do you think? I mean. I don't really care about talking about the Pelicans game. Okay, that was tough. I mean, that was Jaden Hardy that, that had some uh, some fun moments uh, in that game. Should he but, get more minutes? I mean, what's like? I'm ro- game to game rotations are a big source of discourse on the internet, and like I just generally don't really take part in that, especially in a game where you're down Bullock, down Maxi, and eventually down Luca. However. Given the way the game was going, I was pretty surprised to see Frank get in over Hardy. I thought yeah. that offense was kind of stinky. Let's put in a guy that can get some buckets. Now, J-Kid went to Frank first. Frank really struggled. Uh, the, the team really struggled with him on the floor. And then he went to Hardy and stuck with him for the rest of the game. Does his performance mean that maybe he will be reintroduced in the rotation, or is it still going to be like spot minutes guy? I think it's still spot minutes guy. I, I just, uh, I, and I think it's it, it's fun. I do think there's a conversation probably, it's more between fans than it is, you know, for the coaching staff of Frank versus Jaden, because it feels like, you know, the coaching staff really wants Frank in there, you know, to do that. So, and, you know, Frank plays better defense. So, you know, maybe they're trying to get better defensively. I don't, I don't know on that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just see it if like you're down 15, you probably go with your guys that can score. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and the only thing I'll say, you know, we haven't talked on here since you know before the Suns game, which was a whole crazy game in itself. Um, 
but also I just want to mention the Utah game and the fourth quarter by Kyrie in that in that Utah game. Seventeen points. It was at home. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. And it just showed you once again of all right, we have two of those guys. Like we have two two of those guys that can you know, it, it was a weird feeling seeing, you know, Luca, you know, not score in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they He they, didn't score? No. He didn't score really? in the fourth. No. Not a and, single point. You know, Kyrie put up 17 points in that fourth, and it was just, yeah, it's just a you know, nicer reminder there of like, man, it doesn't have to be all, you know, if Luca's having an off night or if Luca's not scoring, I mean, he, it's not like he had an off night, he had 29, but, you know, there's still somebody else out there that can have a fourth quarter like Kyrie did. So, anyway, that's why I want to mention from the week, the Pelicans game, you know, it's tough. It's second night of back-to-back, Luke injury, all that stuff. But Free Jaden Hardy. Free Jaden Hardy. But then, yeah, you look at these two Memphis games coming up, and it's just some bigger games, and they're missing, you know, Jaws not going to be playing, and Brandon Clark's out for the year. Steven, Ab- Steven Adams, they gave an update the other day that he's out for... Got a stem cell know. injection. That's never a good phrase to see. Yeah, so... You know. We'll see. I'm sure Dylan Brooks will have something to say about it. Well, Dylan Brooks gets up regarding Luca. That is one thing that happens. And and I don't know, you know, I need to go back and check the box scores, but I feel like in games where both Dylan Brooks and Luca has played, at least one of them have gotten a tech, I think, every single game that they've ever <laughs> crossed paths. It is like, it's uncanny. Uh, on the other side of those Memphis games, coming up later in the week, Mavs go to LA and then they host the Warriors. Now, the Warriors have not won a road game, I legitimately believe, since like January. They've lost, I think, eight straight road games now. Um, The Lakers, despite being down LeBron, are winning some games. Uh, They, of course, did just beat the Mavs the other day, too. And so, you know, this upcoming five games. And then you have the Grizzlies again right after the Warriors. So it's really six games. Right before the Warriors. Right before the Warriors, my bad. Um, So you have six-game stretch where you play the Grizzlies three times, then you play the Spurs, and you play uh, Lakers and Warriors. Very, very important, pivotal, vital. I mean, how do we build it up? Because we sat here saying this six-game homestand is going to be real important, and the Mavs <laughs> could maybe win some games and move up in the standings, and then they just like blew a couple games, and you know, here we are, just like, well, maybe this six-game stretch will be better. <laughs> well, you know, like you said, the you know Warriors—they struggle so much on the road. They're seven and twenty-six on the road this it's season. Really bad. Like, what is happening? And you know, they have the vets. Draymond has his podcast, and you know it's. What did you think about Draymond Dylan Brooks feud? Was that fun? Okay, I I mean, NBA is the petty league or whatever, and I know people love it. People love the drama. It's never been for me, and I also think too, like, if you're just gonna try and really own someone, doing it on a podcast is so lame because like if you <laughs> mess up, you can just do another take. Yeah. Like you either got to do it in person or live. Like you got to do it live on Twitch or something. Yeah. Like you can't <laughs> just be like, I'm going to sit here in my hotel room and I'm just going to come up with the sickest zingers and just yeah. like, just launch them one right after the next. And if I mess up, I'll just do another take. Yeah. Like, it just feels it so take? like, come on, man. You know, like this is lame. I will say I typically would lean with Draymond over Dylan Brooks in that thing. But Dylan Brooks had an incredible comment after the game of saying, Hey, I thought it was, he thought it was a low blow that Draymond called out like his relationship with his teammates. He's like, you know, I'm not getting in physical altercations with my teammates. Mm. I was like, mm. Whoa. Boom. And also Dylan Brooks' team won the game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is something, too. Um, so, yeah, Warriors struggle on the road. Um, you know, really this whole – I was looking at this whole, like, nine – kind of nine-game stretch here 
coming out of the you know the all-star break a little bit um no not that um but no you know you play the grizzlies three times in this and will jaw play in any of those three games i guess there's a chance he can play on the 20th in dallas um but you know even after the warriors there you have you know the hornets you know coming to town and we know how good the warrior you know the hornets are right now so well i mean they did beat the mavs last year pretty <laughs> handily right around this time of year too like their season was kind of over but but you look at those two games the lakers and the warriors you know you look at the standings right now it feels like memphis as long as they don't crater they should finish you know second or third in the west with sacramento out there they have a couple game lead on the on the suns there at fourth but you know Believe it or not, the Lakers and Warriors are right around Dallas right now. I mean, the Lakers are what a game and a half back from from Dallas. That just makes me sick to my stomach. Really, seven and three in their <laughs> last ten. Uh, the Warriors are um, they're in six right now. They're tied with you know tied with the Mavs right now before that game on Saturday. But if you could, man, it'd be nice to get two of those wins right there. It would be. I mean, when LeBron was... not going to be there for you know the Lakers game. AD is healthy. Everybody else healthy. Russell's back. Lakers are winning games. I mean, it was one game, and it was really one half of one game when the Lakers played well, but AD was much more of like a dominant, unstoppable force in that one game than LeBron was. Of course, LeBron got hurt in that game, yeah. so maybe he was a little limited, but going up against AD is not easy. You know, I guess the... You have Maxi though. Hopefully, okay. That'd <laughs> be <true>. real tight <laughs> if he did. Uh, you could you could just double AD the whole game and get the ball out of his hands, but then you got to worry about Malik Beasley. You got to worry about D'Lo, who always seems to have good games against the Mavs. Which, by the way, uh, in an upcoming segment, I need to tease this. In the next segment, actually, we are going to construct our all-time Mavs killer starting five, um, non-superstar division. Now, D'Angelo Russell probably, I don't know if he's going to make your team. He did not make my team. I thought you were going to say he's a superstar. I'm like, all right, Bobby. <laughs> no, he's too good for this. <laughs> he's too good for this. But no, uh, D'Lo has had some big games against the Mavs. So there's still plenty of reason to be afraid. And it's also in L.A. And spooky things always happen whenever the Mavs play in L.A. They really, have, whenever anybody plays in L.A. Do they have an off day in? <laughs> no, no. So luckily, they're just flying out the day before. And it's all they are be good. going from San Antonio to L.A. So talk about a just huge change. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty similar. Riverwalk. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, the ocean. It gets kind of, uh, you know, wild down there. So. Yeah, I mean, similar climates, I guess. They're both kind of <laughs> like temperate, temper, temporal, mild. I, I will say this about the defense. Um, you know, you look uh, a little bit back at that Suns thing. You know, they you were talking about double and AD. It made me think that you know we could see this more and more as the season goes along or even in the playoffs you know matchups depending on who they match up with of hey we're just going to double and just dare some dare the one guy to beat us and that's what they were doing against phoenix and akogi was just like hey i can't hit literally anything at all and literally the change in the game for them was putting wainwright in the game dude and i'd eat so much crow too because as soon as Wainwright comes off the bench, I turn to you and I go, why? Like, why were they putting <laughs> he, you him in did. the game? <laughs> yeah. And Wainwright was their, he was their best player in the fourth quarter. He turned into Alec Peters so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, but it changed the game because they were just banking on, hey, whoever the fifth guy is out there, you're going to get the open shot in the corner. And immediately they found somebody to hit that open shot. So, mm. 
you know, it could be a thing with the Lakers, depending on whoever they play in a, in a playoff series, that it could be this fifth guy. And I mean, honestly, it could be the same thing for Dallas too. Of like, hey, who's who's going to be the Josh Green? Is it going to come down to Josh Green? You know, what's his what's going to be his three point percentage in the playoffs in a playoff yeah, I mean, series? If they, it oftentimes does in a playoff series. Like teams did that just to like Dorian it is on for defense. so long. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, just as it, as it is on defense, you know, you're only as good as your like weakest link, right? If you think back to those Clipper series. The Clippers were always leaving Dorian open and always leaving Maxi open until Dorian hit some shots in yeah. 2021, and then they stopped leaving him open. Uh, and then it was up to other guys to make shots, and they just simply couldn't. You know, they're going to try and take away your fastball at both ends of the floor, and that's where you know to kind of tie it back to to where this started. That's why Lucas, you know, thigh uh, health <laughs> condition <laughs> soreness strain uh, is so important because. Not only does it affect him offensively, but it affects him defensively too. And, you know, the Mavs have really, 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 really struggled on defense, so you can't afford to have guys hobbled. You know, everyone's got to be able to move on a string because they are probably going to have to double-team so many guys. You know, you need everybody to be able to rotate. You need everybody to be able to close out. And also, Luka, I think, still leads the team in defensive rebounds too, so they need him to be able to not only close out, but also get down there, mix it up, and, and get some boards too. So... You know, legs matter. I th- I'm willing to say that. Legs matter in basketball. You heard it here. Bobby says legs matter. You, ne- you need a good set of gams. For, for, for fried chicken, are you, you asking for the chicken leg? Ooh. The thigh? The... I'm over chicken breast, dude. Fried chicken breast, not for me. Okay. Not for me. I'll have like grilled chicken breast, not going fried chicken breast ever. Give me some chicken thighs. Give me some chicken legs. I'm down. Deep fry those bad boys. Oh, okay. Just give them to me. Just, just, give, just give them to me. Give me them legs. Uh, please don't take this out of context. All right. I was talking about chicken. Bobby legs. wanted Dino Nuggets, and please let's clip that of Bobby saying, "Give me those. Let le- it be. Give me those legs. Let it be." All right. Coming up next, we are going to uh, we're going to take a trip down memory lane and find out which players have hurt the Mavs the most over the years on the corner three. Welcome back to the corner three on Studio Forty One Radio Ninety Seven One. The Freak. Did you like how I said that? <laughs> Bobby joined by Isaac. That was incredible. <laughs> the Freak. What if I did the whole segment in this voice? Is that like a movie trailer guy? I was. That's not really freaky. You're it's ca- just kind it's of like, annoying. It's like off-brand Transformers voice. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. For my first time. I don't practice <laughs> that voice. I do practice some other voices. If you told me you did practice, I wouldn't be shocked. No, I do practice some other ones. I'll, I'll show those to you sometime uh, if you want me to. I'll give you my best voices. My best, my best impressions. Right, That's no. segment four in today's show, so don't go anywhere. Uh, no, okay, so I know that you said you don't want to talk about that Pelicans game, and uh, it's still a wound a little too fresh. However, C.J. McCollum in the fourth quarter of that game scored 16 straight points for the Pelicans. He hit all four of his three-point attempts. Dude just completely caught fl- uh, fire. And if he didn't take flight, can Pelicans fly? Yeah. Okay. If he didn't take flight in the fourth quarter, the Mavs probably win that game. We're talking about like one of the coolest comebacks in a long time. Did you think they were like an ostrich? I don't know. I just <laughs> I see them like dipping their bills in the water. I don't know if they. <laughs> okay. I don't know if they fly. There's a Pokemon called Pelipper that does fly. <laughs> okay. Well, if that one flies, then this one flies. Okay, all right, perfect. Pelicans can fly. Their mascot, though, does not fly. Their mascot's just weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think we have any room to talk. 
about weird mascots. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I don't think we can call anybody out. I love Mavs Man and Champ. <laughs> All right. Champ is awesome. But <laughs> uh, so CJ McCollum, 16 straight points, took over the game, uh, stuck like 35 daggers in our heart mm. on route to that Pelicans win. Now, that got me to thinking there's always it, it always feels like there's like guys right every team's got guys jj Barreo was that guy for a lot of other teams it's like for whatever reason every time we see jj he just kills us you know he just has such a great game and it's it's always like you're non all-stars now cj mccollum is one of the better players in nba history that has never made an all-star team there's been mm. a ton of jason terry was one never made an all-star team a great player but I got to thinking, man, there's always just guys on other teams that for whatever reason turn into the reincarnation of Michael Jordan or Reggie Miller or Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell every time they go up against the Mavs. And yet you look at their performance against every other team. It's like, yeah, they're fine. Like Katia's number one guy in that category is Jordan Clarkson. Oh, Dude yeah. Just annihilates the Mavs every single time that he plays them. But you look at his season average is like 14 points per game. Like, the, why did he have 30 in two games against yeah. Dallas? You know, it's like that. So I posed the question to you, and I also put together my um, starting five. Your all-time, I'm going to call them the C.J. McCollum All-Stars, right? Your all-time starting five, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, of Mavs <laughs> <Okay>. killers <laughs> over the years. Now, C.J. McCollum didn't make my team. I feel like he's almost too good to be on that team, but I did put a couple players that are actually really legitimately good, probably better than C.J. McCollum. So, <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe C.J. can be like the sixth man or the head coach or like the Players Association rep of that team. Okay. So how, how do you want to do that? How do you want to start? Do you just want to give your team? Or do you <laughs> I'm like fascinated by this because I think my players are going to be a little bit better than your players. You're going to pull some Alec Peters people out. No, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. They're okay. all good. All my players are like pretty good. Okay, because like one of my top ones has never made an all-star team, so I guess I think he he would apply for this. But yes, for sure. All right, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? Well, do you want to like run down your whole lineup, or do you want to like no say like let's give our point guards? Um, let's do one at a time. Okay, I'll do an honorable mention. Danny Crawford. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, I we gotta leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> we gotta leave it at that. Oh, okay. Hold on. I put Jamal Crawford. Oh, okay. 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 All right, all I put right. Jamal Crawford. All right. That's, perfect. I saw Crawford on there, and <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, I know we we're talking about Mavs killers in this segment, so Jamal we Crawford. We can't do that right after Fred VanVleet. Just went on. It's like people are paying attention to this stuff right now. Well, I wrote Crawford, and you know, Jamal mm. kind of looks like the other first name. So yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> Jamal Crawford's on my list. I think he, I feel like he kills the Mavericks. Dude, he does. He I mean, had 50 obviously, points in his last game. <laughs> and no one will ever remember it. Or, yeah, I dude. mean, we remember it, but. He was like 41, 42 years old, just dropped 50 on the Mavs. Yeah, I don't have, you know, his Mavs stats in front of us, but it feels like he was kind of like the Jordan Clarkson esque of any time he came to town. I'm like, seriously. He's a lot of fun to watch. I love watching Jamal Crawford play basketball. Um, I also think he's doing great. In the you know TNT sets too, by the way, he is good on um, TNT. But he's on my list of uh, Mavs killers. For his career, he averaged 15 points a game against Dallas. Only shot 39 percent from the floor, which he must have had a couple bad games like earlier in his career because mm. it really felt like those Clippers years, you know. And then whenever he was kind of bouncing around the league at the end, it felt like he was just a killer every single time. That that is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I'm gonna give you my point guard. Okay. How about? Dennis Schroeder. Whoa. 
Dude had a 30, uh, what at the time I believe was his career high 31 or 32 point game against the Mavs. Uh, for his career, averages 16 points and 5.3 assists per game against Dallas. That's his second highest scoring average against any opponent. Uh, there was a, a three game uh, season series against the Lakers in 2021. Uh, Schroeder had, I think, 20 points in every game, had double-digit assists in two of the games, is just very good. Um, missed a couple shots late against the Mavs whenever the Lakers came back from down 27, but he did have, I think, like a plus 15, plus 20 on-off in that game. Uh, just always, always seems to get up for Dallas, especially in the Dirk years. Didn't he play against Luka in Eurobasket this summer? Did they play Germany? Uh, they did play Germany. Okay. Slovenia won that game. However, Slovenia played Germany in an exhibition beforehand. Germany beat them. Ooh. Or like a qualifier or something yeah. beforehand. Germany beat them, yeah. And Luca and Schroeder always seem to kind of... They, they do a little chirping. A little, little chirp chirp. <laughs> is this them talking? I don't know <laughs> what that is. I'm still but... thinking about pelicans. Just like <laughs> gulping. Do pelicans fly? I don't um, know. <laughs> all right, I got one. This is kind of a throwback. Mike Bibby. Mm. Throwing it back to oh, uh, man. 2002, 2004 playoffs. Uh, the Kings, you know, put out the Mavs in both of those years. In 2004, Mike Bibby was uh, the leading scorer for the Kings in that series. I want to say it was like the high 20s that he averaged in that series. Absolutely killed the Mavs. Uh, in 2002, they put out the Mavs too, but that's when um, I think Chris Weber led the team in scoring. But he was second um, for the Kings in that in that 04 series. He had 36 points in the elimination game. The Kings won by one. Mm. He he uh, shot 52% from three, averaged 24 points. Him and Bobby Jackson both, the match can never stop. Yeah, that, that was a fun Kings team, but I, I mean, I hated him in that moment. But um, but yeah, he's never made an all-star team. So I was looking at some of the criteria for some of this, and I'm like, I got to put Mike Bibby on my list. Mm, that is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, my next one, my shooting guard for this team. Danny Green oh. averaged 10.1 points against the Mavs for his career. Okay. Only one of four teams that he averages double figures against. Okay. <laughs> Has shot 43.9% from three in his career against the Mavs, only in the regular season. He hit that three, the famous three where Dwight Howard was like had a fistful of Seth Curry's jersey. Uh, Danny Green hit that three to force overtime in that game or I, win the game or whatever. I was sitting fairly close to the court with my dad in that game, and it was it brutal. Was brutal. Brutal. Uh, Danny Green was a plus 32, a cumulative plus 32, and shot 14 of 16 from the floor in games five through seven of the Mavs Spurs series in 2014. He was tremendous. Um, hit, I think, five threes in game seven or four threes in game seven or something. Hit a couple big threes in game five, too. Um, was just a, a critical piece of that of that Spurs team, of course, had the huge finals in 2013. So he might be on the Heat killer all all time list too. But it just feels like every single shot Danny Green takes is going to go in. And a podcast. Uh, Danny Green has a podcast that uh, you know we all followed a few summers ago. So he's a Mavs killer. Who's we? <laughs> I am proud to say. Now I'm not trying to take shots at Danny Green. I never listened to a single episode of this podcast. I actually watched watched a little bit of that. Was it good? I mean, yeah, it's great. And <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, okay, I have Julius Randle's name mm. on my list, and uh, the 
producer booth is showing love to Julius Randle too, as far as being on this list. So, uh, I have him on mine as well. <laughs> okay, give us the numbers. <laughs> okay, well, no, I'm, I'm sure you got something or no? No. Okay. All right. I'll just I'll run down his <laughs> I'll run down his numbers and then you can you can yeah. take it away from there. All right. Julius Randle is my team center. Twenty point nine points, ten and a half rebounds a game against Dallas in his career. He has scored at least twenty points in eight straight visits to American Airlines Center, including a forty four point game whenever he walked around and said, "This is my house," <laughs> which is. <laughs> Real assertion of dominance, dude. Um, the game before his 20-point streak in Dallas started, uh, he had a triple-double in Dallas. Two of his 13 career triple-doubles have come against the Maps. Wow. Yeah, because obviously the local guy, you know, where did he go to high school again? Uh, Prestonwood. Prestonwood, okay. Um, dude, always, you know, has family in attendance. <clears throat> you know, we were talking about Tyrese Max the other day. I had a ton of family. Here, a lot of a lot of Dallas guys when they come through have their have their family here and stuff. But no, Julius Randle, it feels like he always kills the Mavs. Um, okay, this one probably is too good to be on this list, so forgive me. Adrian Dantling. Mm, yeah, I mean, he, isn't he's he a Hall of Famer? In, yeah, probably. But uh, he's like fifth on the list on uh, points per game all time against the Mavs. I uh, played thirty four games against Dallas. Uh, 29 points a game uh, with that. So, uh, yeah, he always killed the Mavs. Okay. He was also traded to the Mavs for Mark Aguirre, which kind of signaled the end of the Mavs' mini little playoff stretch. I'll say this one, and I know he's he's not a superstar yet, but and he's only played against Dallas eight times because he's so young in the league, and he just made his first all-star appearance. But Anthony Edwards is Mm. low-key a Mavs killer right now. He's averaged 24 points a game against Dallas. Once again, it's only eight games, and he's the best player on their team. But he just made his first All-Star you know, game, so I had to put him on my list because he kills that in Dallas. He was so good in that game in Dallas where the Wolves were up yeah. whatever. Uh, weren't they up a lot and the Mavs came back or something? What happened in that game? Something weird. Happened. Or maybe the Mavs were up and they, the Wolves came back. Minnesota was up. And Dallas came all the way back. Kyrie that was the hot potato yeah, back yeah, and forth between the yeah, two. Yeah, he was excellent in that game. Yeah. Now, I want to run down the production booth's starting five. Oh, okay. So their all-time Mavs killers, Jordan Clarkson. How about Austin Reeves from Whoa. the Lakers? Uh, not only has hit a lot of big shots against the Mavs, but also uh, single-handedly put Josh Green into a slump by yeah. talking trash to him. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, another former Laker. Terrence Mann. And Julius Randle. Now, my sixth man for that team, since they all have L.A. ties, uh, how about Norman Powell? Yeah. He's been a dominating against the Mavs. I wrote Rodney Hood down on my list for mm. a reason. <laughs> I don't know. He had a game winner against Dallas in Utah. I need to go back and look at my list on that and figure out why I put him on my – or f- look at his stats and figure out why I put him on my list. He had a, there was a, a couple-year stretch where he was annoyingly good against Dallas. Yeah. Really annoyingly good. Do you, I only have one more. Do you have any more? Yeah, I got two more. I okay. got my small forward, my power forward. My power forward, obvious one, John Collins. 23.2 oh, yeah. points, 10.6 boards against Dallas in his career. He, dude, he averages 23 and 10. He only averages 20 points against two other teams, and it's under 21 against both of them. So like he is like miles better against Dallas than everybody else. Uh, he's had, I think, a 36-point game against Dallas. I think he had like a 34-point, like 20-rebound game or something against Dallas. 
He had a game a few years ago where he shot like 15 of 18 from the floor. Even this year against Dallas, he had like that mangled finger, but he still hit like three or four threes in that game. Had like 18 points on seven shots or something. So, John Collins, just cool it. Cool it next time you play the Mavs, bud. Come on. We don't know what jersey he'll be wearing, but cool it. It's going to be the Hawks. (laughs) He's on the Hawks his whole career. It's going to happen. Okay. And then I got got one more after you. Okay, this one, I just had to put him in there. I don't know about regular season stuff. I don't know the overall, how you know what his averages are throughout his career. I just know when I think about the playoff series that haunts me the most, and the player that haunts me the most from that playoff series, it's Baron Davis. Mm, I was thinking about him and Jason Richardson and Monte. Yeah, I just had to throw him <laughs> on there. He averaged over twenty-seven in that series. They obviously was you know eight seed to put out the Mavericks that year, and it just. I just had to put him on there. I just had to. He hit a uh, he hit a half court shot in that series, and I think he also earlier that season in the regular season hit a half court shot to win a game against the Mavs. It might have been the year before, but he hit like a like a fifty footer off a missed free throw to win the game. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of fun, like he was a he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, he killed the Mavs. Maybe mad that series killed the Mavs. <laughs> uh, he uh, he very famously after game one. Um, as the Warriors were leaving, Mavs fans were like, whatever, yelling at him or something. And Baron Davis just flashed his money clip at the fans. <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome move. Yeah. Not going to lie. Uh, my final one, a player maybe too good to be on this list, Sean Marion. 18.8 points, 10.1 boards, 43.4% from beyond the arc against the Mavs in his career. Uh, most points per game and a highest three-point percentage by far against any opponent. Game six clincher in 2005 in the second round between the Mavs and the Suns, he had 38 points. Throughout that series, he shot 52.2% from three. And how about this? Now, Marion uh, was on the Mavs, obviously. He came in the league, I think, in 99 or 2000. Uh, pl- only played against the Mavs until 2008. So there's only like eight seasons of, of Marion versus Dallas to dig into. But in that time... Did you know Sean Marion has as many 20-point games against the Mavs as Dwayne Wade, Kawhi Leonard, and Devin Booker? Wow. He scored 20 against the Mavs 14 times. That's wild. Yeah. Sean Marion, Mavs killer. Those Suns teams were a lot of fun, though, man. They were. They were annoyingly good (laughs) and and annoyingly fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there you go. So now uh, (laughs) do you want to do the the, the following thing sums up the math season so far? (laughs) Well, I I would say, you know, obviously we try to stay away from, like, superstars. You know, there's some people that might be listening to this, and they're like, oh, my gosh, Damian Lillard kills us. He does. Kills (laughs) everyone. Yeah. Uh, He does, you know, towards the Mavs. Or Devin Booker feels like, man, he – KD, his, you know, KD, but comment below your uh, your starting five. There you go. Yeah, your Mavs killer starting five. Yeah, who's the? I'm sure somebody is screaming at us right now, saying you forgot this role player. Kyle Kuzma is a good one from the production booth. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. He's I think he's got 30 points both games against the Mavs this year. Kuzma's a. He tough was also one. excellent in the summer league final in 2017 <laughs> against the Mavs. It was Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and Alex Caruso. They won the or the semifinals. Sorry. I love that. That was like in your brain. I have the a summer, hard time forgetting that moment. The summer league finals. That was a fun. It was fun. <laughs> fun game. All right. Uh, let's. I thought about something fun. We got to find new inventive ways to talk about the Mavs on this program. And one way I came up with was, which of the following things sums up the Mavs' season so far? Now we're going to be the first program 
to combine sports and pop culture. We're just going to really like approach that intersection and, and, and be the first. This is uncharted territory That's a in sports wild, media. wild like, idea. No one's ever done it. No one has ever done it. So what I'm going to ask you to do is think of a pop culture reference <laughs> that will sum up the Mavs season. Can you do that? I think so. Well, yeah, kind of. Okay. Which song best sums up the Mavs season so far? Wait, you wanted one of each? Yeah. I thought I had to pick. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> That's fine. There ain't no way I'm going to be thinking of some song. <laughs> all right, well, then what's, what's the you one thing, and I'll run one, down my you list. You thought up of one for each one of these? Yeah. A song? <laughs> yeah, I thought oh, of a song, I thought of a movie, I thought of a book, and I thought of a TV show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we have under we have four minutes all to right, go. Well, hurry this. Up. I want to run down. I my don't list. have a song. You go. Well, what's, what's your what's right. your song? I probably won't know. I got know two. It. One is you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones, uh, but if you try sometime, you, you just might find you get what you need. What so you, you got to try sometime. Right. And I feel like we we talk <laughs> about that a lot. Uh, and then a song by Tame Impala called "Nothing That Has Happened So Far Has Been Anything We Could Control." Uh, there's a line in that song. Um, I have just been waiting for the perfect time to tell you I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading it into a little deeper than I should. We would make it easy. We would take it slowly, if only we could. Uh, Elodie, look at me. Unless you're trying to hurt me, <laughs> heavy blow, down I go. Now I just want to let go. <laughs> How much time did you spend on that? About, about five minutes. Uh, we could do uh, Hit Me Baby. <laughs> hit Me Baby one more time. About Dwight Powell, of course. About That's Dwight from Powell's the production face. booth. Good assist. Good assist. Yeah, good job. Good job. All right. Guys. So what's the what's the one thing that you did? <laughs> Jeez, thanks, Bobby. <laughs> um, I did a movie. Okay. A throwback to Willow. Willow. I don't know what that Have is. Have you ever seen Willow? <laughs> no. Well, I'm a, There's no sense for me to even talk through Willow if y'all don't. If you know, you know. Is it one of those things? All right, here, here you go. Um, <laughs> you have 30 seconds. <laughs> If you can talk about Pokemon, I can talk about Willow. Um, has anybody in the production booth seen the movie Willow? All right. So Willow is this like old movie. Has a like the main character is like a magician uh, type. So that's obviously my Luca tie-in. Uh, fighting. It's a very um, fantasy type movie. There's actually a new TV show um, called Willow that came out here recently. Hmm. Um, set in the time like after the movie and stuff. But anyway. You know, they're trying to defeat evil, all this stuff. The magician, he can, you know, sorcerer, all this stuff. Then he teams up. They kind of get this kind of wild card. Men Mardigan, who's played by Val Kilmer. And he's this great swordsman, but, man, he's just like a, he is a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, and it's like they have an army and stuff, and they go to fight, and that's the best I could do. Well, that's cool. I, I would go deeper, but no one knows here what Willow is. So, uh, ah, okay. There you uh, go. This is how this is how I feel. Now you know how I feel whenever you talk about like <laughs> Pokemon. Yeah, some random Pokemon. Uh, or chess. Uh, my movies. I thought of two: Blue Valentine and Memento. <laughs> thought those do a pretty good job of summing up the map. See, both of them are told out of uh, sequence, um, and it feels like this whole season has been like, I, I, where are we? <laughs> like, what's happening? Uh, it feels like you forget stuff. It feels like a really long breakup, but also it feels inspiring and it feels like love and it feels like you're solving a riddle. But at the end of the day, you're just confused. Hey, I did a tie into the two towers a little bit of second season, you know, Jason Kidd, all the stuff in Dallas, Helms Deep. There's no defense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, what can the, men do against such reckless hate? <laughs> 
Um, we're just waiting for Gandalf and Aylmer to show up <laughs> up on top of the mountain to come riding in. Is that just more minutes for Jaden Hardy? Is, <laughs> is Jaden Hardy the Rohirrim just falling down the mountain? <laughs> yep. Just like Justin Holiday and, and, and Jaden Hardy. Uh, okay, so that, that's going to be it for this segment. I'm On the other side of the break, though, I'm going to tell you my book and I'm going to tell you my TV show oh, slash I episode. I can't wait for this. Summing up the Mavs season. Uh, that is going to come up next on the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. <laughs> okay, Chopper is flashing me all the things I've said today that are going to go on the soundboard. I'm under assault right now, so I'm going to defend myself Chopper better than uh, better me. than the Rohirrim did at Helm's Deep. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. To the corner three, it is our number two of Studio 41 Radio on 97, one the Freak, the Mavs YouTube channel, and so on. I hope during the break you were able to think of songs or movies that sum up the Mavs season so far. Um, Isaac, I hope you were able to think of books and TV shows that sum up the season so far. Maybe not, but that's okay because I got a list as well. I bet you do. All right, and I want you to comment. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below with your answers. If you're listening in your car, arrive at your final destination safely. But if you're listening uh, on 97.1 The Freak at home or at the office or at work or whatever, tweet us at Bobby Corella, at Isaac L. Harris, <laughs> at Mav Studio 41. Tweet us with your choices. All right. Here's a book that I, <laughs> that I feel like. He's already <laughs> laughing. <laughs> no, just here's a book. I here's just said that so authoritatively. Book. Here's a book that I feel like really sums up the Mav season so far. <laughs> Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Do you ever read Slaughterhouse Five? I have not. It's really good. It's a really, really good book. It's another book that's kind of like, it's very like uh, I don't know what the word would be like, uh, like bad. No, it's awesome. Uh -oh. But it's again, it's it's told out of out of sequence. But this character Billy Pilgrim is like a soldier in World War II, but then he's also like held captive on a planet in like a like a zoo like exhibit featuring Earthlings. You know. Uh, but it flashes. He's like called it. He gets like unstuck in time or stuck in time or something like that, where he has these like visions of the future, visions of the past, and he's sort of like on different planets and stuff. Um, you never really know what's going on. The through line of it all. There's some depressing stuff that happens, but there's some hopeful elements too. Very similar to something like Memento or Blue Valentine. Obviously, a little less realistic uh, than those movies, but very good book. I would hope that. People have uh, have read Slaughterhouse Five out there. I had to read it in high school, for example. Um, there's a very dramatic scene uh, based on Kurt Vonnegut's real life, where Billy Pilgrim is uh, a prisoner of war to, uh, of the Germans. He and other American prisoners of war are then huddled in an underground bunker alongside their captors during the bombing of Dresden. Okay, so like we think of bad Mavs defense, like holy cow, you know. So some tragedy happens. All right, thoughts. None. <laughs> I mean, I have plenty of thoughts. But <laughs> All right. When did uh, you read this book? When I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's when everyone reads it. So Pride and Prejudice. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one would be War and Peace. Just, it's pretty simple. Uh, yeah. Just logging on to Twitter. It's uh, just you got hey, war, you got peace. Um, All right. The final one. What TV show or episode of a TV show sums up the map season? Well, I got a good one for you. Outer Banks. Nope. Season 6, Episode 9 of Game of Thrones. Oh. The, the Battle of the Bastards. Let's go. I feel like that really sums up the Mavs season. Um, you think about how that entire battle started. Like, the Mavs had these really well-laid plans. Jon Snow had these really well-laid plans. But then they just 
they keep taking the bait. Mm-hmm. You know, they keep taking the bait with the uh, John Snow's brother, like should have run in a zigzag pattern, but he didn't for whatever reason. Uh, and yeah. John just takes the bait and the whole battle just falls apart. The Mavs always take the bait. They get stuck ball watching. They get caught not getting back in transition because they're arguing a foul. Uh, JaVale McGee bites on pump fakes. You know, like just they just always fall for the stuff. You know, yeah. they just always fall for the easy thing. You got these. You got this great idea. You got this great foundation, uh, and then you just get caught. And then it, when you do take the bait, super bad things happen. All right. And right now it kind of feels like we're like getting stuck underneath an army. We're just waiting for the Deus Ex Machina. Right. We're waiting for. Uh, we're waiting for what's what's uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Sansa. Uh, Sansa. I mean, well, I was gonna say, would that make Kyrie Littlefinger? It could. Because he, he comes in with Sansa, it you know, could. saves it, the day. To, to save the day, That yeah. would make Devin Booker, Ramsey. <laughs> so. uh, Justin Holiday would be like a knight of the veil in that yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh, same could be said for Markeith Morris. But Tormund the Mavs, would the be Mavs like need, They need to be saved here. Yeah. They, they got it. They, something needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, and also, of course, yeah, as, as, uh, as the production booth dutifully points out, uh, many Mavs fans view this season as Jon Snow... Luca's Jon Snow pulling out a sword alone to fight a whole army. When in reality, um, there's a whole army behind him. Yeah, there is a whole army behind him, and part of the reason it is that way is because again, people fall for the bait. So like, you gotta, and people online fall for bait too. Oh my god, I even fall for bait. So it's just really just don't fall for bait. And see, you know, Jon Snow gets trampled. He, you think he's hurt? You think he's like, oh my gosh, is he gonna die? And then he comes back, and and he's totally kind of fine. And he's fine. And, and then the. Hopefully the next season of Mavs basketball is not as bad as hey, season seven of Game of Thrones. I mean, I joked. I put Outer Banks in there. Uh, I'm a big Outer Banks fan, all right, on Netflix. Uh, it's a show on there. but have not seen it. Okay, well, they go for the gold in season one. It's kind of like a New Age Goonies okay. in, in a way. Yeah. But uh, they go for a treasure uh, kind of hunt a little bit, go for the gold. They miss out on it. They find it. They couldn't capture it. That's kind of like last year. Then, you know, year two, they kind of go after a new new gold. But it was year three. It was season three. They actually like, got the gold. Mm, okay. So uh, maybe Season three year. is important, too, because whenever you get a new coach, if you don't win a title in the first three years, it basically does not happen. Mm. Like, when you get a new coach, you're, that's your window, the first three years. Otherwise, it's kind of, sure. you're sort of in trouble. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good stuff, Isaac. We just explored the intersection of sports and pop culture here on this program uh, for the first time in history. So uh, thank you for, for taking that daring step with me. We just explored new land. We did. Uh, I expect a lot of people to copy that pretty soon. <laughs> uh, all right, so is, is Kyrie Irving a streamer or what? I don't know. I was wanting to know if you're going to have him on in the studio. So for those who don't know, we stream on Twitch in Studio 41. Twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. You should give it a follow. Uh, when the internet allows, I go live. Isaac has been on. Kati has been on with me. We've had guests. Now, you know, I, I try and stay humble. But for a really long time, I felt that I was like the, the best streamer under the Mavs employee. Because, I, I mean, I was the only one. Um, so I felt like I was the best. Then lo and behold, I wake up on Thursday morning to clips of Kyrie's Twitch stream. Thinking, oh my God. Like, there's a clip where he gives a double thumbs up. And he says, bro, nameth. And I'm like, that's it. I'm in shambles. Yeah. How am I supposed to come back from that? The dude dropped a double thumbs up and a bro, nameth in a Twitch stream. He's the best. He's the best. Well, Joe, I mean, Joe has a, you know, Joe Namath has, has a brother named bro. Does he really? I mean, no. 
Oh. But no, yeah, Kyrie's on Twitch. It's like let's let's do this, and um, yeah, I didn't get to chance. I didn't get a chance to watch it live. I wish I need to get some notifications going. You got to follow the channel. I know. I need he did only. It looked like he was streaming from his phone. Uh, we stream from better equipment, so that is one advantage we have. <laughs> he so probably Kyrie, had better if you're Wi-Fi. out there listening or watching, he might have better Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, but Kyrie, if you're out there listening or watching, you want some really cool setup here in Studio 41. Heck, you want to join the Corner Three one day? We got we got a mic for you. We got a chair. There's there so it many... is. We're, you can see on studio. We're showing this. Look at all this cool equipment. That's that works <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> the equipment works all the time. It's the Wi-Fi. That is true. Yeah, the equipment always works, but whether or not we can use it is kind of up to the up to the gods. You know, it's out of our hands. Yeah. Um, okay, Isaac. Looking up and down the West, we've done like a million conversations of wow, the West. Sure is close, and it's not changing. Like, it's just still jam-packed. But now we're close enough to the end of the year where your sort of possible outcomes are slowly getting smaller, right? Things are kind of falling into place a little bit. Teams are falling out of the race. Uh, teams are solidifying themselves in the top two, top three, whatever. So I thought it would be fun if we ran down which first-round series do you want to see the most? So, like, which mm. combination of 1v8, 2v7, 3v6, 4v5, do you want to see? Which combination of play-in games do you want to see if, if you even want to take it that far? Um, there's a lot of juicy choices, right? Memphis Golden State uh, is an option, or Phoenix Clippers, or Phoenix Mavs. There's like so many different sort of combinations of all this stuff. So realistically, Denver is probably going to be the number one seed. Realistically, Sacramento and Memphis will probably be two or three. And then anything after that is kind of up to, up to fate. So build me, build me your ideal first round uh, playoff series. Well, you already mentioned a couple of them right there. So ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the natural thing would would be Warriors and Grizzlies. Just, I mean, we don't have too many rivalry stuff, or you know, bad blood, or you know, what a Booker call it after the Suns Mavs game of you are all always wanting the the smoke or whatever, and now you have it and. Um, you know, so those two, I feel like everybody would want Memphis and Golden State, Phoenix and Dallas. Um, I think is that what you want to see? You want to see Phoenix? For no, I said a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people uh, would want that. But actually, for the Suns, I'd want to see Suns and Clippers. Mm. I would love to see that series. To see you know Kawhi and Paul George, Booker, KD, and then you know just I'd love to see KD and Kawhi go out you know at each other for a, a playoff series and and all of that. So. But, yeah, I mean, all the juicy stuff with Warriors, Grizzlies, seven games of that would be a lot of fun. And, you know, Memphis is at, what, three? They could be two. Um, you know, that's very realistic, right? I mean, right now they would be a playoff series, Memphis and Golden State. So they could match up, and that would be awesome. Yeah. Who do you want to see Denver play? That one was hard for me because I was trying to – I pretty much came up with one for all the teams. But, you know, it would just have to be kind of, like, funky of – you know, let's see, you know, Jokic versus Zion, maybe like if Pelicans, mm, you know, if they, okay, okay. I mean, that would be kind of fun. If That's he was, pretty space if age he was, stuff. Yeah, if he was healthy. But I mean, I guess if a, a realistic opponent through there, you know, Minnesota and, and Denver, sure, let's let's get frisky with that of Gobert and you know, Jokic with Anthony Edwards, you know, and all those guys. And I don't know, it's hard. I just think Denver is just so clearly the best team in the West and it's hard to figure out one that I'm like, oh, that would be a lot of. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, what about Sacramento? 
Okay, I put this one on there. I would be, I would be scared. Okay, well, I gotta watch what I say right now. Um. Okay, I'll say this: Kings Lakers. For mm. ki- for Kings, <laughs> yeah, you do have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Um. For you know what I'm scared about. Yeah. But for Kings to like exercise that demon of the past, you know, and and the whole Kings Lakers stuff in the past, and uh, it would be really cool to see this Kings team that. So many people outside of Cat really love watching play and (laughs) (laughs) see the beam being lit and all of that. It would be fun to see them beat the Lakers in a playoff series, considering the past and even now of like, oh man, that's that'd be fun. It would be a fun matchup watching AD guard Sabonis, like them going back and forth, kind of like throwback almost to a to a bygone era. But then you have Fox, who's just a freak man Dude, he had another great finish the yeah. other night yeah. yeah he's gonna win that clutch award thingy uh <laughs> pretty pretty easily <laughs> jerry west or yeah something. whatever who cares uh i mean no all awards are great <laughs> and i will fiercely defend my favorite hey, make sure you choice. clip that for when luca wins the award <laughs> <laughs> yeah every award is so cool uh <laughs> all right that's true. so <laughs> we we agree on some okay i agree that watching phoenix versus the clippers would be awesome I yeah. think, you know, assuming, obviously, KD sprained his ankle in warm-ups, of all things, uh, which is not a thing that you want to see. Um, but assuming he's back and able to play, KD and Booker versus Kawhi and Paul George is, you know, that's pretty spicy. Those two guys can score. KD and Booker can score from anywhere. But Kawhi and Paul George, in my opinion, still, uh, outside of maybe uh, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, probably the best set of two-way players in the league you know at least in the in the wings and so you know Kawhi is going to be guarding like KD or Kawhi is going to be guarding Booker um and we know that the Clippers guys can give them buckets but can the Clippers guys also stop them yeah um and can you know Terrence Mann out Chris Paul Chris Paul you know yeah. those two guys are like birds of a feather I mean it right? could be Russ <laughs> it could be yeah honestly it could be Russ, yeah, versus, Russ Chris versus Chris Paul, Paul. Zubots versus Aiden yeah <laughs> I mean, and and that like if if you think playoff series come down to like the fifth guy, well, who's the fifth guy? Like the Clippers maybe have the better fifth guy, Norman Powell, Eric Gordon, uh, you know, Morris. Like, yeah, Marcus Morris. They got Covington. They got Batum. The Suns don't really have. I mean, they got like Terrence Ross, maybe T.J. Warren. You're disrespecting like, Wayne Wright again. Ish Wayne Wright. Uh, my, I'm sorry, my guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Akogi. You know, the Suns don't. The Suns are at a major disadvantage in the fifth guy department. But the vibes of the Clippers have been so weird all year that, like, I don't know. On, I think that I would almost pick the Clippers to win that series, but I just don't know. If I don't know. I know. I don't know either. It would be really, really fun, though. I think it would be a great series. Great for basketball. Um, I'm also with you that my, my ideal Denver opponent is Minnesota. Um, I want to see Minnesota in the play-in, and I want them to. Uh, I want the Pelicans to beat the Lakers in the play-in in the nine ten, and then I want <laughs> the the Wolves to beat the Pelicans. Wolves Pelicans, I think, would be really fun. But Gobert versus Jokic, all throughout Rudy's career, what is like the secret sauce? Like if you can play him off the floor, then you know whatever. Denver can't really play him off the floor, so Gobert would be on the floor the whole time. Now can Jokic get him in foul trouble? That's something different. Um, Nas Reed, baby. Nas Reed, yeah, potentially, or Cat. I mean, is Cat going to be back? I have no idea because that's another way to sort of uh, stretch the floor and put Jokic in a tough spot. But Anthony Edwards having to go up against Aaron Gordon, I feel like it'd be really fun to watch. Um, is McDaniel's guarding Jamal Murray, or like how is how is that shaking out? I feel like Denver's got a lot of wings like Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown, but they're maybe too small to guard Ant. So like it feels like there's 
a lot of stuff to exploit for both teams, and that could be a really, really fun series. Uh, and if any team is not going to care about, like, oh, Denver, my altitude, and it's hard to win here, it's gonna be <laughs> Anthony Edwards. And, like, Cat is like, he eats too much Popeye's chicken or whatever, and Ant's like, I average 30 points a game. Yeah. Like, I don't care about Jokic. I don't care about any of these guys. I think that would be really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on the Warriors. <gasps> I don't want to see the Warriors play the Lakers. I don't want to see the Lakers play anybody. I want to see the Warriors play the Kings. I think that okay. series would be so fun. You got Steph, impossible to guard. Fox, impossible to guard. Is it going to be Draymond on Sabonis? Like, that feels like it would be Ooh. really, really fun. Uh, the Warriors got a lot of wings. They got a lot of shooting. Uh, so, too, do the Kings. The Kings, like, are they trying to be the Warriors? Are they better than the Warriors? Like Harrison Barnes' revenge? They, yeah, Harrison Barnes' revenge. There's all sorts of spicy stuff. The The Kings have so much scoring off the bench. Monk, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Keegan Murray would probably start for them in that series, but Murray is a young guy. Uh, Fox, first playoff series. Like, there's so much just, like, intrigue about, like, the newness of the Kings versus, like, the Warriors team that has not lost to a Western Conference opponent in a playoff series since 2014, like I, that would just be that would be so cool. I feel like everybody would be rooting for the Kings, everyone except for Warriors fans, of which there are yeah. apparently many. Uh, <laughs> judging by my interactions during the conference finals <laughs> on Twitter, I feel like that would be really really fun. Um, my last one, Memphis Dallas. Ooh, and now Memphis Dallas for many reasons. One. The whole narrative that Dallas owns the Grizzlies is, I feel like, a little short-sighted because Memphis beat Dallas a lot before that. Um, division rival. Assume, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Jaw, but assuming Jaw is able to play, you got the one guy in the NBA that puts pressure on the rim more than anybody else. And the Mavs have really struggled with <laughs> putting pressure on the rim. But yes. Yes. <laughs> who on the Grizzlies is guarding Luka, man? Who on the Grizzlies is guarding Kyrie? Like, Ja might be unstoppable, but Dylan so Brooks time. So too are the two Mavs guys, you know. And and also not to like pick on the Grizzlies' injury uh, misfortune, but Brandon Clark, who has had some big games against the Mavs, he's out for the season. Stephen Adams, I don't really know what's going to happen uh, with with his health and with his availability going into the playoffs. And so the Grizzlies' big guys that get all these offensive rebounds, that set these monster screens, that would do things that could otherwise really disrupt the Mavs. Uh, defense uh they might not be part of the series at all it might be jaron jackson but jaron jackson could be even scarier as a lone big than than he would be playing alongside adams anyway so it feels like there's just a lot of it would be really really fun i think that'd be a really really fun series that would man i'm thinking about i would love to see lakers clippers in a play-in that would be really cool yeah i mean i know that you know the clippers right now are setting it at fifth but i mean they're just a half game out from being an eighth but yeah, Lakers Clippers, man, Battle of LA in the play would be a lot of fun. Um Yeah. I mean, do you think Portland, OKC, Utah has a chance of getting in that play in? I don't know how many home games Utah has left, but I, I'm kind of low on them. Yeah, they're going. Um yeah. OKC. Go for it, man. I go for I it, but I don't know if they can do it. They're they're kind of behind they're like an extra couple games back, right? They're a game back Portland from both from Pelicans and Lakers. Okay. I don't know if they got the juice. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Blazers have the juice either. It would be so fun though to see. I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, be in that spot. Uh, but it would be fun to see like OKC, like you know, putting out somebody in the play in or something like that. that. Be, and, dude, like OKC beats the Lakers. Oh, in SGA, the Giddy, <laughs> and those guys. But that would be awesome. 
Yeah, I want you know obviously with the you know with the Pelicans, it's Zion's health. If he's fully healthy, then there's a lot of matchups with that that I would love to when see. Ingram too. He left that game. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah, you know, he left yeah. the Mavs game. Um, the production booth's choice is Mavs Kings. Ooh, light the. I, I've seen Mavs fans talking about this too, saying like if there's one team to play, it's them because they don't have much playoff experience or whatever. Every I fan would, base is gonna be saying that. Yeah, I would just caution. Be careful what you wish for. The Kings play at a manic pace. They got manic fans. It's going to be a very, very tough place to win a playoff game, especially if you're like a super heavy underdog. Sabonis, unguardable for anybody, but especially for the Mavs. He is just super, extremely good against the Mavs. (laughs) Too good to be on the all-star team, but should be. He's like, if you're building like your all-star team against the Mavs, Sabonis is your starting five. Um, Fox... Good luck in the fourth quarter. The dude is just—I mean—he's better than Kyrie in the fourth quarter. You know, mm. uh, he's unbelievable. So we would have to create our own version of light the beam, light the ball, like the reunion tower ball. That'd be kind of cool. That doesn't really roll off the tongue as much. <laughs> Make sure we clip that one too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can. Yeah, I could see a video being made of like some button in the arena and you hit it and it's like some underground thing throughout the city up to the reunion ball and just That would be cool. That's a free idea. Be careful uh saying free ideas. We might just steal it. Please. Might steal your IP. <laughs> um Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I I don't know if they just play they play too fast and maps play really slow. That's like your push and pull tug of war game with pace. I'm not sure I want to get into that. But, but I, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to. But I do think some team, I think we're going to see some weird angling at the very end of the season for one or two teams to try to play Sacramento or if Memphis is still dealing with all their stuff at the end of the year for people to do that. And that stuff scares me when mm-hmm. teams try to angle for teams because those teams know it and it's just like extra at motivation for them. Um, because realistically, if you had to pick, I mean, I, you would want to play those those two teams over Phoenix and the Clippers or you know. Denver. Too, yeah, or you know. yeah, of yeah. course Denver. So it's going to get wild at the end of the season. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm excited for it. Hopefully the Mavs don't have to worry about the play-in, but you know the way it's looking now, you never know. All right, coming up next for this playoff or play-in chase, we're going to give one player or we're going to give one phrase or one word to each player on the team. Thing to focus on, a motto, a catchphrase, whatever. On the corner three. Welcome back to the corner three. This is quarter four. Hold up our fours. Let's do this if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening in your car in 97.1, the freak. Man, it's the fourth quarter. It's Kyrie time. Mm. It's the fourth quarter. You got to roll down your window, stick your hand out, stick four <laughs> fingers out the window, let everybody know. Well, it depends on how the weather is in Dallas because it's, you never know, you know, it could be in the 40s or it could be in the 80s. And welcome to Dallas, but... Okay, so the last stretch of the season, we have you know a handful of weeks left. We have a roster full of players, as every team does, <laughs> and just several players. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at the roster and I saw roster on my notes, and I was like, oh, we have. Um, so let's do this. Let's go down through the roster and let's give a word or phrase for each player for the rest of the season that you think summarizes the rest of the season or just. What you're watching for, it could mean a lot of different things, but this last stretch of the season going into the playoffs, what's one or fra- one or one word or a phrase for that player? Um, 
Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You choose. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. Let's let's do Luca first. Okay. For the rest of the season, the word uh, or phrase, I put on court chemistry with Kyrie. It's not a word or a phrase. That's like, a phrase. Like Chopper just said. But uh, I can't believe we're being heckled by our own <laughs> teammates here. What um, is this? Okay, I'll sum it down. Chemistry. There ah. you go, Chopper. Um, chemistry with just, I mean, the number one thing outside, I mean, we could do like health and all that different stuff, but the number one thing for them is to figure out as many minutes together we can get Kyrie and Luca playing together to where they can be at the top, the best chemistry on the court that they possibly can going into the playoffs or playing, you know, here in a, hopefully the offs, (laughs) hopefully the offs. So that's mine for Luca. Uh, mine is get a good set of gams. (laughs) Really? Yeah. We need his legs to feel good. Okay. (laughs) If his, if his thigh is going to be a problem and like that's it, there's only so much you can do, you know? So I think the, the ultimate most important thing is for Luca's legs to just feel nice and nice and not jello-y. We need his legs to feel nice and solid. Nice and healthy and yep. gammy. Yep. Um, all right, let's move to Kyrie next. Kyrie, I put Twitch. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, for Kyrie, <laughs> who do, what do you have for Kyrie? Um, man, I... I Influence, I guess. Yeah. Can he, you know, can he continue to influence the the way that this team plays? Um, the way that doubt, the way Luca runs the offense is proven to be good. It is foolproof. But you you introduce a little bit of unpredictability into something that is already really good, and it can get even better. So I, I want to see Kyrie continue to influence the way that this team plays. Yeah, I put mine kind of goes with that, but I put leadership uh, just because. It you know the players respect him. The players, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> our producers, uh, leaving uh, notes up it's here. It's really bad uh, that they figured out how to do I that. I know they they're like Chat GPT <laughs> being able to talk with us here. Um, but no, I, I put leadership because the players respect him so much. You know when he's out on the floor, he feels like he's always talking with the teammates. Uh, somebody texted me this the other night during the game. They're like, man, it looks like he's always coaching up players either at timeouts or like walking off the floor or you know whatever it is so I put leadership on there because you think about the vocal guys on this team and like the older vets they don't have a ton of like you know older experienced title winning vets you know on the team that can be like I mean JaVale is one of those dudes we talked about before the season but um, anyway I put leadership with Kyrie on the floor that's good next one's Josh Green I use the word consistency I need more consistency for Josh Green the rest of the season of, you know, before the trade, he was playing really, really well. After the trade, immediately after the trade, he played well. But then, now he's in kind of like a little slump, it feels like. So I put consistency. Confidence, baby. Confidence! <laughs> to quote the great Rolando Blackman, just you, gotta, you, you have to believe in yourself. You got to believe in – you got to believe – you gotta have confidence. He don't hesitate to shoot. Don't hesitate to run the floor. Just don't think twice. It's all right, as the great Bob Dylan said. I don't. I, he definitely has a song called "Don't Think Twice." It's all right. It might be a cover of someone else's song. I'm not sure. Is but that Bob Dylan? Confidence matters. Um, okay, Tim Hardaway Jr. 
this is this might be a cliche because this is what he does best. Score. <laughs> I mean, this is just we need you to be the flamethrower. Just continue, especially if Luca has to miss a game or two or something like that. I mean, they need Tim Hardaway to just score like I mean he had what six or seven threes the other night. Um, he's shooting the ball really well as of late. Just continue to do what you do, and that's why you, that's the role you're playing off the bench. That's what you do best. Just score the basketball. Yeah, bucket, microwave, any of those. Bucket. You know, any of those Twitter buzzwords. You gotta, you gotta do that. You have to come into the game, assuming that he's gonna come off the bench, which we don't know. We have no idea uh, yeah. <laughs> if he's gonna continue coming off the bench or not, but. If you do come off the bench, you have to come in the game and change the feel of the game. That's what the best six men do. Yeah, They change the nature of the game and the complexion of the game. And if he can do that, then they're going to be good. What do you have for Reggie Bullock? I'm trying to make it one word. Non-November. You can do a phrase. Chopper. You can do a phrase. Okay. Spring slash summer slash fall. Just... <laughs> Don't go into the winter months of Reggie Bullock. Just stay, <laughs> stay bright, stay colorful, stay hot, stay, stay shooting the ball good. Yeah, I know. I was, I was going back and forth on this one of figure, you know, lock in the shot. But I feel like he's, he's been shooting the ball. He's been so good for two months now, three yeah. months now. Um, man, it's hard to figure out for him. I mean, I guess just keep on keeping on. <laughs> Yeah. If that's the phrase for him, just because if they're, I mean, the role he's playing right now, I mean, I guess he can be a little bit better defensively, but you know, come playoff time, but yeah, he's a little harder for me. Let's do Maxi because for Maxi, I put health. Is that the easiest one? Yeah, I mean, availability is the best ability. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They need him to be able to not only play, but also like they're going to need him to play like thirty minutes, thirty five minutes yeah. again. You know? And come playoff time, I mean, he's one of the bigger X factors for this team outside the star guys. Is you know he's going to be their closing you know five a lot. Just his ability to play the five, defend, switch, hit the three. They trust him out there. They they have to have him healthy come playoff time. And so yeah, health for me the rest of the season. What do you have for Dwight Powell? I like everything that Dwight Powell does. Wow, no way. I, I am a, I'm a truther. I'm not a hater. I'm a truther. I actually know uh, what's going on out there, Isaac. No, <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> I, I like Dwight Powell's impact. The one thing that he needs to do uh, the rest of the regular season, I understand in the playoffs his minutes are going to go down. But throughout the rest of the regular season, especially in games, whenever Maxi is unavailable or limited, got to stop fouling. You have to try and dial back the fouls. He's not the only one that does it. But he is the last line of defense, and oftentimes his fouls become and ones. The Mavs allow way too many free throw attempts, and for a team that has as many perimeter defense issues as, as the Mavs have, you know, a lot of pressures on Dwight to try and contest shots without fouling. It's been an issue for him really throughout his career, but especially lately. So for Dwight, it's just don't foul. Just verticality. Verticality. Face mask <laughs> could be one for, for Dwight. Um, <laughs> For maybe he should just go ahead and wear one of those Batman masks just for the protection of it. Of maybe like, it would look cool. Like, hey, do you have a broken nose? No, I'm just wearing it because I always get. Yeah, it would. It would, be, it would be cool. <laughs> Rudy Gay had a really tight one, a very sharp. He did. Yeah, sharp. It was, I'm like, you could stab somebody with that. You look like the penguin. Um, it was menacing. For for Dwight, I put rebounding. Just continue to battle your butt off down there and try to get a few more boards, but. I know it's kind of working against him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
Dwight's primary job when it comes to rebounding is to just try and eliminate their best rebounder. <laughs> yeah. Just like try and just get a body on somebody. The Mavs have serious issues boxing out, but Dwight is always at least trying to box somebody out. So if Dwight can take, say, Gobert out of the play, that allows Luka to get the board. That allows Kyrie to get the board or whatever. Dwight at least tries. Yeah. Christian Wood. I actually put um, lock in just because we kind of know what his role is now. He knows what his role is. We just need him to fully lock into that role of, hey, you're going to be in a microwave score a little bit, but we need you to lock in on defense too. Know the rotations, know the switches, know where to be. Just embrace the role, lock into the role, even though it's just, might be a little bit different than what you wanted or envisioned. But that's my phrase for him. I'll piggyback off yours and say block in, like block in with the apostrophe at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been the lone big man on the floor too often this season, in my opinion, but a lot of that is because Maxie's been out. Whenever he's on the floor with Maxie, he's much better defensively. The team is much better defensively. But whether he's out there by himself or with another big, they're using him as a drop big. They're using him around the basket. You know, they weren't playing a lot of defense whenever they won seven in a row in December, but part of the reason they did win seven in a row is because he did get some blocks. His block numbers and the team's block numbers have really fallen off a cliff the last like month or so. Can he at least make some of those game-changing, momentum-swinging plays? Especially if you're only going to play like 18 minutes off the bench. Dude, just leave it all out there. Just go hard. Yeah. JaVale McGee. I put piggy bank because just save the energy. Save the energy, save what you have for, you know, these big moments or, you know, maybe even a, I don't expect him to play a ton in a playoff series, but you might ha- play, be able to play some spot minutes if you're going against a bigger center out there. And they're like, hey, we just got to we got to try something else to where if you save it up that en- energy, save it up what he has for those moments that I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll use a, a Rick Carlisle phrase. Just be ready. Mm. You know, obviously. Everybody thought or expected JaVale was going to play a lot more minutes than he has. It didn't work out for very obvious reasons uh, or in very obvious ways, I guess I should say. But um, if you're looking for – if you're down 3-1 in a playoff series or if you're down 14 in the fourth quarter and whatever you have doesn't work or if someone gets hurt and you need some way to change up the game, he does possess the skill set that can totally turn a game upside down. Just flying around on defense, flying toward the basket on offense – Heck, you think about one of those losses the Mavs had to the Suns last year. Remember when JaVale picked Lucas Pocket yeah. and went coast to coast? coast like to that coast. totally that was like the culmination of a run. The game was over after that. Like yeah. that just ended the game. And so if you're looking for, you know, kind of like a random X factor uh that could that could change the feel of a game or a playoffs game or playoff series, uh the JaVale could be that guy, but you gotta be ready to do it. Yeah. Next one's Davis Bertons. Mine is keep shooting. There pew, you go. pew, pew, pew. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Davis Bertans. And, uh, and set your feet, too. Um, he set his feet against the Pelicans whenever he made his first two threes. They were money. Uh, his third three, he rushed it a little bit. I know that he and Hardaway, basically, if you touch the ball from beyond the arc, you know the shot's going up. Yeah, it is. But both of them, and Reggie as well, all three of those guys, when they rush the shot, their percentage goes way down. So just make sure your feet are set, catch the ball, shoot. Just take a breath if you have to, but yeah, set your feet. Yeah, uh, Markeith Morris conditioning. He he said it himself that you know when he came over in the in, in the trade, he's like, man, I haven't been in game shape, I haven't been playing 
And he told Callie Kaplan in Dallas Morning News about, you know, trying to get in better shape, game shape. So he's, I wouldn't say he's an X factor, but it's like, man, if he became a, a piece that they could use in a rotation, it would be, be nice to have somebody at that position. Yeah, I think maybe like get big. Uh, potential playoff opponents, they, I mean, I have no idea how it's going to shake out, but like if you're trying to, in a play-in game, play Gobert off the floor, mm. you know, you use him as a small ball five, or if you need somebody that can muscle up to like Kawhi in a game against the Clippers, or in a series, you know, you want to play small against Jokic, or you want to play small against Sabonis, he's the guy. He's like their him small ball. Yeah. Well, like he's their small ball five now. You know, it was Dorian. Yeah. It's, it's it's him now, you know. So can he be can he be useful in those situations? Yeah, Justin Holiday. I would just say continue to adjust, just continue to find your role in the system or not role in the system because I think we know what his role is. Continue to just adjust to this style, this team, this everything because I think he will will have a role on this team and in the rotation. Um, you know, I was thinking about him the other day. I'm like, man, I bet Phoenix is sitting there saying watching all the Kogi shots miss. They're probably saying, man, I wish we could have picked up Justin Holiday to stand in this corner right now and hit shots. But uh, I like what I've seen from Justin Holiday since he's signed with Dallas. So just continue adjusting to the system. Yeah, I think uh, look to Dorian Finney-Smith as your North Star. Just if you can do some of the things that Dorian could. And we've, we've seen a little bit corner threes. He's not afraid to try and block a shot. He gets some steals. He'll get out on the floor and run. Just do, do Dorian stuff. Yeah. Do Dorian Finney stuff. Yeah. That's kind of how they used him against, you know, the Lakers. They like started him against LeBron mm-hmm. to guard LeBron and stuff. So. Yeah, which, you know. <laughs> yeah. It, they led by 27. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, I guess it sort of worked, but they Theo didn't, Pinson. Didn't win the game. What do you have for Theo? Uh, try and immaculatize the vibes, man. He's like the, he's the keeper of the vibes now, and it's a rough patch that they're in right now, losing a lot of close games. And, you know, if there's one guy that can kind of turn around the, the vibes, yeah. it's him. Yeah, I put fun. I mean, yours is the fancy way of saying fun. But, uh, you know, create the fun for the team. You need it. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, we had a, what, an in-arena thing with him the other day on the on the Jumbotron where he was, you know, his Avengers in D.C. He was hilarious. Like, it was just great. And you know how funny he is around the team, so – Continue to uh, produce the fun in this stretch right now. What do you have for Frank? Don't let us forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let us forget about you. Uh, honestly, like what I was saying about JaVale is kind of true about Frank, too. You know, we saw it in that Phoenix series. He was like barely playing at all and then got in the game, had like four or five steals in one of those wins. And it was awesome. Like, he is a he's got a seven foot infinity wingspan and uh, comes up with a lot of steals. But the offensive side of things, the jump shots and some weird turnovers and stuff is, you know, it's it makes it tough for him to get a, a lot of minutes. Obviously, so you know he in many ways has to be ready just like Javale. Um, but yeah, just don't let us forget about you. Like yeah. that unforgettable song in the Breakfast Club and in Pitch Perfect. Oh, which uh, that was. Uh, a piece of trivia. I don't know if that's actually true, don't you but um, the dude, the guy—I don't remember his name—the the love interest in Pitch Perfect, the will there Anna Kendrick's will there won't they counterpart. Oh yeah, tells a story about 
how that song was originally written, I think for, was it for Billy Idol? Do we know that? I think, and Billy Idol turned it down, uh, and then they gave it to whatever, uh, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Well, maybe this should have been my song for the last segment. Yeah, that song is just about Frank. <laughs> uh, Frank's, you know, thing for me is just defense. Just, you know, he's kind of the, if you go down the list of defenders for, for Dallas of, you know, Maxie and Reggie and Josh, when you get outside of them, you're looking at Frank as a, you know, a perimeter defender defending other guards also. And so Jason Kidd likes throwing him in there at times, and it feels like he's above Jaden Hardy in the rotation right now. But last one on the list, Jaden Hardy. Free him. Hardy party. Hashtag free him. That's one word. <laughs> Do you really want him to be freed? Um, the suspense. I mean, well, what are what are the conditions? I've never are the Mavs seen, healthy? I've never seen you like stumble over words. Well, I think the the real question is, what are the conditions? Like, if if Luca, Kyrie, Hardaway, Bullock, Holiday, Josh are all healthy, it's really tough to find minutes for Hardy. Yeah, I will admit that. But how many games have Luca, Kyrie, Bullock, Hardaway? Like, how many games have they all been healthy? I think in a situation where you're down one of those guys, um, I think that you need to. I think you should give him some minutes. Just give him a chance. Yeah, he's kind of like my break glass in case of emergency offense. You know, every now and then you'll have these games where the offense just isn't flowing, and there's just it's hard to find stuff that you know will work. And you know, it's kind of hard to imagine now that you have Kyrie and all that, but it's. Yeah, maybe in those situations, maybe you're down by 12, third quarter, and you're like, man, nothing's, you know, nothing's rolling right now. Kyrie's resting, Lucas playing, but he's not really feeling as much. Maybe that's when you break the glass and throw Jaden in. It's like, all right, just go get us some buckets, and you put him in over Frank. We have seen, though, that, you know, J-Kid, not to maybe the same degree as Rick, but J-Kid trusts, like, his guys, trusts his vets. The guy on the team that they kind of do the breaking class, the breaking glass in case of emergency thing with is Bertans, mm. who kind of does that same thing as yeah. Tim or Hardy, where like just come in and fire away, you know. So can Hardy supplant him in that respect? I don't know. You know, he's maybe still a little too loose with the handles and with his passes to be trusted as like the third guard, especially in a high leverage moment or a playoff series. But I do think, man, there's something he's got something that nobody else in this team has. I mean. Maybe Kyrie has, yeah. Know, but like that's the dunk was, yeah. The dunk, dunk was, was they were down eighteen, and then like five minutes later they're on ten. Like that dunk changed the feel of the game. Yeah, that dunk was nasty. Uh, so yeah, we have under two minutes to go. So uh, we're gonna talk about the MVP. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Oh my god. I mean, whatever. <laughs> we can talk about it if you want to. <laughs> I, I, I was just kidding. It's a minute and a half. I don't think you can talk about. it. We could just play a minute and a half outro instead of like referencing Kendrick Perkins or JJ Reddick ever again. Like we could just do that if you want. Um, what is what's going to happen for the Mavs to where on next week's show we're going to be like they've they've fixed it. It's all good. I don't know if it's about fixing it, but what what would happen if we're sitting here talking saying, man, they won their last three games, and I think it's going to be Kyrie going to a different level and Kyrie averaging over thirty a game. Um, him, you know, just willing this team past, you know, a Memphis team that's shorthanded and, you know, the meeting, you know, some guys, you know, Tim Hardaway, I think staying hot, 
from from three coming off the bench and stuff. Um, they should win the San Antonio game. It's the other games. It's like, all right, let's, you know, it would be huge if this team could, you know, win two of the three Memphis games. Like, if you could do that, that would be massive for this team. Memphis is like a the ultimate gut check team. Because they're gonna like they're gonna talk so much trash. They're gonna get out in transition and run. They're gonna throw down a dunk every time you turn it over. It's intimidating to go up against them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can see through all that, you can beat them pretty easily. You know, and the maps have been able to do that the last couple of years. But can they do it? Maybe with a hobbled or without Luca at all. Um, can they do it without Jock? Can they do it in like in these weird circumstances in these weird times? We'll see. We'll see. We'll be back next week. Easy for me to say to break down it all on the Corner 3 Studio 41 Radio for Isaac, for Cat, for Chopper. I'm Bobby. We'll see you next time. Pew, 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 pew.